This is a return to the Motorific Podcast adventure series. I have with me after how many? Two margaritas at least? Um, two margaritas each. Brittany Morrow has come back to join us. As well as Robin Kaczynski? Kaczynski. Say it like Kaczynski. There we go. Kaczynski. Roko to go, That's yo. Oh, on Instagram. No. No, there's no yo. <laughs> So, forgive the extra giggles, um, that, that just comes with some more margaritas, but, uh, you know, free-flowing conversation, my girl Rocco here, uh, is a, a great gal to hang with, and she is passing through after coming back from Baja, and she has also done something I have yet to do and was hoping to do last fall, which is cross the United States on a motorcycle. So, I have her, as well as uh, Brittany in-house, to chime in when she feels like she wants to contribute something, as she has also done some uh, travel across the U.S. on her R6, correct? Triumph Street Triumph. Okay, the street troll. So, Robin, please enlighten us. First motorcycle. All right, my first motorcycle was a 1982 Honda CM250 Custom. Uh, it was held together with the rust. Uh, I bought it for $600. I was comfortable with dropping it and picking it up. I learned a little bit about wrenching and sold it for $700 after I had basically destroyed the thing riding on the highway because it was definitely not made to do that. Um, moved up to a 1981 Honda GL500, so silver wing, kind of like a baby gold winger. Yeah. Like the CX500's cousin with uh, air ride suspension. So I rode that thing into the ground, um, and when I realized I could not find replacements for the air ride suspension, I finally let go of the dream of having 1980s Hondas um, and bought a 2013 Honda NC700X, um, did a 10,000-mile tour around the United States with that, and then when I was about the, at the tail end of that tour, that's where the idea of going to Baja popped into my head. Went back to Portland for a little bit, made a little extra money, and scooped up a 2006 DR650, um, and I took that from Portland, rode it all the way down to Cabo San Lucas, and back up to here in LA. And now it's about to go on a truck, make its way up to Alaska, and I will be riding it around Alaska. And who you'll be riding with? I'll be riding with MotoQuest! Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to meet Robin, uh, please check into MotoQuest offerings in Alaska this summer. Come <clears> see <throat> me at the Anchorage office. So tell me, this one of the things I find most fascinating about Robin is she has had many jobs in many different places, <laughs> being the bored scientist sitting in an office uh, on her 9 to 5. So most most interesting job, or at least one that people that you feel that people find most interesting about you that you've had. Um, I mean, most recently I was a cab driver, um, and I did that for four years, and people were like, weren't you scared? Isn't it terrifying as a woman? Which is the same question I get whenever I go touring on a motorcycle solo. Um, and no, it's not terrifying. For the most part, the people that I get to engage with are very honest. Um, it's just a lot of fun. I have these really great situations with people where they will tell me what's going on in their world, um in a very true and real way. And they don't expect to have somebody who speaks English, who knows where they're going, (laughs) that's a female, um, that knows anything about, you know, because this was in Portland, Oregon, that knew anything about the city. So they were blown away. People that were visiting from out of town were totally blown away by the fact that this is what a cab driver is. And it actually is not unusual in Portland, Oregon. Um, Just had such a great time. Learned a lot about other people, learned a lot about myself. Um, but I've also been a bartender at an old strip club. I've run e-commerce and electronic marketing at a children's museum. Um, I worked in the fishing industry doing fisherman accounting, which was really exciting. Where? Uh, this was in Neck Neck, Alaska. So in Bristol Bay. Um, yeah, for 16 hours a day from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., seven days a week for seven weeks, I did crazy amounts of accounting. So I'm okay not doing that again. So MotoQuest is going to be awesome. I'm going to be working with people that I really enjoy being around. I get days off, and on my days off, I have my DR650 up there to go blast around Alaska and have an awesome time, go see some beautiful stuff, go camping, go check out some caribou, try not to get humped by a moose. All of the good stuff. I'm so pumped. Come on up and see me. I'll... (laughs) 
but doesn't want to get pumped by a bear. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> that guy that was looking to spend some extra special time with them several years ago. Oh my. He might have been looking. Was it like a bestiality ranch or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me some interesting road stories. So when you, you left on your NC700X, was that from mm. Portland or from Alaska? That was from Portland. So after I made my money up in Alaska, um, my, my buckets of money, as it were, I uh, got back down to Portland, Oregon, Loaded up my NC700X, took about five days to do that, and then headed east. So the idea was that I wanted to go through John Day. I wanted to go through um, eastern Oregon. There are some really beautiful places out there, which margaritas have helped me not remember exactly where, what they're called. <laughs> it's so pretty. It's really pretty, you guys. Um, so apparently everything on, in Oregon, everything in the northwest was on fire. Um, so I had to change my plans along the way. Everything had to shift up. I could not go through John Day because everything was on fire. So I went down to Bend, ended up meeting up with a fisherman that I met in Alaska, stayed with he and his family. His wife was gracious enough to put me up in their spare room and I got to hang out with their kids and the dog. Um, I just wanted to find somewhere that I could camp. And they said, yeah, the spare room. So continued on, made it to Boise, went, uh, to, where did I go? Twin Falls, Idaho, and I met some really cool dude there who had a dog named Bruce Willis. <laughs> He's got a house in, where is it, in Salt Lake City, but he was headed to Portland and said, hey, if you want, you can just crash at my house in Salt Lake City, I'll have my neighbor let you in. Just, like, feed the cat or something. Water the plants. So I did. Um, and that was rad. I had a few days at his place. Um, the other cool thing is I've got a bunch of friends who are involved in Moped Army, so it's a bunch of moped clubs all around the world um, that are all affiliated with one another, and they're interesting and funny and creative individuals. And these wonderful people put me up in their homes, in homes of, of other Moped Army members that I'd never met before, in their family members' homes. I stayed with my friend Matt Bangry's dad for two nights <laughs> in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And he had all the best kitchen uh, toys, so I got to just cook until my face was about to fall off because I wasn't able to cook for two months working up in Alaska. So it was really cool to just really have a good time and play in the kitchen for a little bit. Um, and then take off from there, go up into Canada to go see the Niagara Falls from the Canadian side, and then New York, and down to Florida. Um, where I met you. Where you met me at the AIM Expo. <clears throat> where I heard, Psst, hey girl, hey! <laughs> hey girl, hey! Come over here! <laughs> girl, don't, I, don't I know you on Instagram, or is it Tinder? <laughs> in tin, in, on Tinstagram. I swipe left on you, girl, all the time. You can edit this, right? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Swiping left is a bad thing. No, they all know I'm not on Tinder. Um, yeah, I try to. Me neither. I try to always make Instagram pictures bigger. Like, I really want to do that. Like, I try to um, screenshot. Yeah. The the picture and then go back into the screenshot and make it bigger because yeah. some pictures you really want to see more stuff on it. Uh. Damn you, Instagram. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you had met MotoQuest because when you were in Alaska. Yeah. So this is a really funny thing. A friend of mine was working for a company um, that works closely with with MotoQuest. He was invited on their industry invitational tour of Alaska. Managed to sweet-talk Phil, who's the founder of MotoQuest, into having me be the only female that would be there because it was going to be a sausage party. They needed to break it up a little bit. Um, mm. So talked Phil into having me They there. chose wisely. <laughs> yes. mm. So uh, I get there. I show up at the shop. There's supposed to be a motorcycle waiting for me per my friend Ben. Uh, there's not. The, the folks at the shop are looking at me like I'm crazy. So I go rent a car. I go to REI to go, quote-unquote, borrow some camping gear. Um, and then haul ass out to Copper Center, where everybody's been camping. Um, hang out with them. Camp there for a couple of nights. Camp over in on the Denali Highway. Meet all the dudes from Moto... Like, the, the owners of MotoQuest. I meet um, fellows that are in the industry. So there's Dave Tom, who works... Uh, crash testing helmets and and doing depositions about helmet safety and technology. And on the most recent uh, magazine for AMA. Yeah, American Motorcyclist. He's on the most recent magazine. Just a wonderful person. Um, Head designer from uh, Scorpion, Edward uh, Wilkinson. He's awesome. Met... Who else? Oh, Lord. Uh, The guy from Alt Rider. 
met the fellow who started, um, what was it, Motorcycle Superstore. I just met some really rad folks and uh, got to go camping with them. So from that adventure, uh, going down to the United States, riding my motorcycle around, the guys from MotoQuest decided that maybe I should work with them at a at the, what was it, the Amexpo? Because mm-hmm. I guess nobody else wanted to go. <laughs> so they got they asked me if I wanted to do it. So I said yes. And then that was so good, they hired me for two more. And we had a great time. What year was that? That this was this, this past this year. year. Yeah. I worked this past Amexpo, and then I worked uh, Sacramento, and then I worked uh, Long Beach. Amex. Do you remember meeting me there? I don't know. Where were you? What were you doing? I was walking around just being... Aim or yeah, aim yeah in Orlando, right? That's what yeah. we're talking about. This year, yeah, this past year. Well, no, 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 you weren't at Amex Bone. Two years ago. Yeah, two years, years ago. ago. How about another margarita? Wah wah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second, I didn't see you when I was My there. My summer wasn't blur. Um, yeah, because I met Phil at the Amex Bone two years ago. Yeah, she was not at this one. Uh, okay, it was me and me and old Haggerty having a good time. That makes sense. Mm. Proceed. <laughs> I've contributed so much already. Good job. <laughs> yeah, my ums and uhs are doing great. Uh, 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 yeah. So, yeah. I uh, met up with those dudes and we had such a blast that they asked me to come work for them up in Anchorage this summer and I'll be working with their rental program uh, and hopefully doing some stuff with their social media and getting to ride motorcycles and having fun. Sweet. Yeah. How about you, Brittany? What's going on with you? Yeah. <laughs> you took a street triple across some of the country. It's funny, though, when you said that people ask you if it's terrifying to travel yeah. alone as a female. I get the v- number one question I get when I visit my dealers and they realize that I rode my bike to get there from California. Yeah. So I went through 20 states last summer and... The number one question I get asked is, are you carrying a gun with you? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'm riding around Baja and people are like, oh, so you're doing this by yourself? Yeah. yeah. What's and the problem? <laughs> every time I have to go through a border patrol thing, donde es tu novio? Donde es tu esposo? And I'm like, uh, en la casa con los niños. And <laughs> 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 the house with the kids. Yeah, where he belongs in the fucking kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) With with an apron on and nothing else. Yeah, I used to get lots of that at the border checkpoint. Oh, you're you're slower than your husband. He passed through here three hours ago. I'm like, uh, sure. I don't don't know. Was he hot? (laughs) What do you look like? Do you have a picture of his passport? What's his credit like? (laughs) (laughs) If a credit score is above seven hundred, I might consider it. Um, yeah, I kind of got that a lot from, like, the border checkpoints, and I thought, you know, at what point when law enforcement starts being preoccupied with your uh, singledom, does does it start getting to be a little bit annoying or, or make you nervous? Well, what's cool, though, about that sort of um, sexist point of view, I guess, is the fact that every time they would make me open up my bags, I'd open up the bag that had the tampons on top, and <laughs> they were done and over it real fast. <laughs> yes. That's like they're terrified of this little thing. Feminine hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because they don't understand it. Good to Sounds know. Great. So, no. smuggling so instead of carrying a gun with you, just throw tampons at the perpetrator, and he will run Absolutely. in, in terror. I'm going to hide that semi-automatic and a dime bag of weed and all kinds of other fun, exciting drugs underneath, like, a pound of tampons. <laughs> One pound of them. Right? It's a so lot of tampons. Mix in some smelly socks and old underpants while you're at it. You're mm. I don't golden. know. Some guys like old underpants. Dogs might. The you know, bird. if they have a dog. That's true. The canine. But they're there for the drugs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what was coolest part about traveling across the U.S. and uh, Baja, and then if there are any scary parts? Um, Brittany, what was your favorite part about traveling? The reason I like traveling solo the most is that I just can make my own decisions and dictate where I'm going, when I'm going, when I'm stopping, how long I'm stopping for. Yeah. If I like the road, I can turn around and ride it again. Yes. <laughs> Nobody tells me what to do. And yes. So everyone, you know, everyone's always like, oh, my motorcycle gives me so much freedom. And I'm like, well, you can do the same things in a car. It's 
for me, it's being alone is what yeah. gives me the real freedom. And being on the motorcycle just means that I can, like, fit through different spaces, smaller yeah. spaces, you know. But for me, it was definitely just, you know, I can't, I can't say that there might, there's, like, one favorite place in the United States, because they're also different. Yeah. You can't compare them. Yeah. And there are definitely, yeah. like, significant places that I would go back and visit again. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But I have a list of, like, at least 20. Yeah. I couldn't be like, yeah, that was my one favorite place, because yeah. it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And I could say the, you know, Highway 1 up the coast uh, in Big Sur, California, which is amazing, but that doesn't, it's not the same as the Ozarks, which was also equally as amazing, but totally different. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, trees. Yeah. <laughs> trees. There are trees, trees and versus ocean. Yeah, and then White Cliffs. Sands. White Sands, New Mexico, is on my target list for want. You should go there. It's amazing. High want. Yeah, mm-hmm. I grew up in New Mexico, so mm-hmm. I've been there just, you know, as a kid and stuff. But it's beautiful. If you feel like you're in outer space, yeah, on a different planet. I would like to do a trip um, out to what is it? Southern Utah through southwestern and southeastern Utah. Zion. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, to Mexican Hat and then mm-hmm. Colorado. Moab. Yep. Oh, all of that. I want to do all have of hit, that. Have you hit that yet? What was your route, basically? So I went the northern route um, from Portland going to New York and then down to Florida. I did get to do a little bit of the Blue Ridge Parkway, even though I'm an idiot. Uh, it almost sabotaged my entire trip because I was trying to be Betty Badass and start a campfire with no kindling, so I used some paper, twisted it up, and dipped it in my, my gas tank. And the first one was fine, the second one was fine, the third one I dropped it in my gas tank, and I got real worried about the fact that it could wrap around my filter. And how long does it take for this piece of paper to disintegrate? How nasty is this going to be? And so until I found a shop where I can get it pulled out, um, which really took two seconds, just a long stick with a grabber on the end, uh-huh. stuck into the tank, first ch- try, it was all, it was out. And then I went and rode around um, the Blue Ridge Parkway for a little bit. But yeah, uh, the fact that I did that and almost sabotaged my entire trip, like I could have really messed myself up doing that. So, what was the question? Margaritas. Uh, (laughs) More margaritas. The answer is always more margaritas. Um, Question, I don't know, uh, coolest... Coolest. Were there any scary parts? So some of the coolest parts, definitely that whole being alone and that that doing whatever you want to do when you want to do it, and not having to wait for somebody to get their stuff together. And then also, like if you feel like taking your time that day, take your sweet time. Or pulling over, taking a photo. Like you don't feel guilty for going. Man, that was kind of cool. I kind of. I'm gonna go back and take. This is totally selfish. I kind of want to ride through there again. Like absolutely changing your plans for the day. Like no one cares. Yeah. Well, because some other cooler thing, some other opportunity would arise that you wouldn't have even imagined and go like, yeah, okay, I guess I'm going to do that now. Um, Fuck, I'm going left. Yeah. (laughs) Or I want to stay an extra day, or I don't want to leave until noon, or I want to keep riding past where I planned on stopping and go somewhere else. Like, you can do all that when you're by yourself. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Speaking of freedom, William, get it, girl, get free. Oh my god, here we go. We're going wireless. We're going <laughs> unwired. Um, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that facet of it. I also really enjoyed the people that I get to meet. And when you are totally by yourself and out there riding around, um, the conversations that you get to have with people, they're just richer. Um, you don't have the, the isolation of, of hanging out with somebody already. You don't have somebody else there to keep you occupied. You're not there with friends. Like, you're completely exposed to everything around you, so you have to chat with whatever randos are around you. You get information, you glean information off of other motorcyclists. And if I see other motorcycles around, especially in Baja, if I saw anything that resembled, like, a dual sport or, like, an adventure-style motorcycle, I gravitated toward that. I would... If I was was looking for a place to eat, I'd find the restaurant where there were other adventure-style motorcycles hanging out, pull up to there and then cop a squat next to whoever the dudes were with the helmets, ask them about where they've been and where where they're going and what they've seen, um, and get information out of them. Because sometimes I'd learn about things that I had no idea about. Really great camping spots. Or I'd find out that there are places that I definitely don't want to go, like Samana Santa happened to be going on while I was down there, which is the Holy Week. Um, It's oftentimes the week before 
Easter? The week before Easter. Yeah. Um, something involving candy. And then there's the week after <laughs> Easter, too. So, <laughs> right? American holiday ever. Candy. candy. Yeah, totally. It's about America and candy. Um, so that week leading up to it is usually pretty jamming on all the beaches. I had no idea until I was in the middle of it and kind of stuck. Um, but yeah, I got to meet a bunch of really cool people, got great information from strangers. Um, the the harsh part about rolling solo is that there were definitely roads that I didn't want to take because I didn't want to get in a situation that if I were to injure myself, um, I would not be able to get myself out of that pickle. No. So I thankfully met up with five other motorcyclists who were trying to figure out what they were doing for lodging. So we all camped together for a night in the Bay of Gonzaga and then went from there down to Coco's Corner and down to Bay of LA. Um, so it was me and like five dudes on big adventure motorcycles and it was awesome because they made sure that I was on the up and up. I made sure that they were on the up and up. I made sure that they had a place to camp, um, even though they weren't exactly prepared to do so completely. Out of five dudes, three of them actually had tents. <laughs> uh, I would say two of them had what would suffice as, like, a slumber party sleeping bag. <laughs> they were not prepared to actually camp. Um, they funny. didn't really know how to start a fire. So I started Whoa. the campfire. Um... Yeah, so it was pretty you. special. Mm-hmm. I know I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was we really need cool. come around to start the fire. Pretty much. I mean, I just used gasoline. Like that's that was my cheat. I had a rota packs full of gasoline. I filled up a, a beer can with rocks, poured some gasoline in there, and that was my starter. And I just stacked logs all around it. Cool, kaboom, magic. Wow. Done. It works. Totally works. I actually learned that from Ed Wilkinson from uh, Scorpion. Motorcycles while I was up in Alaska. So, that trip actually learned me something good. We have had his lady, Elisa, on the podcast. She rules so hard. I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just visited her maybe two or three weeks ago. Cool. I want to go hang out with her more. Um, she's doing the sister's motorcycle ride. Correct. Yes. Clickinger. Oh, if I was not going up to Alaska, I'd totally try to be all part of that. But, um, the... Yeah, I didn't want to get into situations where I couldn't get myself out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that meant that I did skip on going down to San Francisco, um, which I found out was a blessing. I ran into another motorcyclist who had a broken collarbone because he, he and his friend had attempted to go down to San Francisco, and he dumped it pretty hard and broke his collarbone. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? That's cool. I'm actually kind of glad I didn't do that I know. one. Uh, yeah. And then there were a few other places that I wanted to check out, but without having somebody else there. I mean, I've got a spot notifier and I can summon the helicopters if I needed to to come find me. But... Please send hot helicopter uh, pilots. Thank you. Please. Only the attractive ones. (laughs) Um, Actually, how about just the ones that know what the heck they're doing? How about that? I just want... Yeah, I just want those guys. Um, And and ladies. Um, Yeah, so that was the bummer is that there were certain chances that I just wouldn't take. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I was solo. And I also had to be careful about where I was camping. Like, if you are there with a friend or, you know, a few friends, camping out on the beach, not a big deal. Where it's not necessarily a campground, yeah, no biggie. But when you're totally by yourself, and especially, you know, being a female, I do get seen as as prey. There are certain chances that I'm just not going to take with my safety. Sure. Yeah. That was one thing that I was going to ask is I've... Not really much of a camper. I wouldn't yeah. mind getting back into it, but um, when I was traveling by myself in South America, it was always a, a hotel or some kind of motel or... Um, what were we talking about earlier? Other uh, hotels? <laughs> the, the hooker, the hooker by the... Uh, thank you, the sex hotels. Yeah. Where it's like by the hour, but you actually rent by the evening. Yeah, because um, you get a garage. Exactly. Uh, but I was always very reluctant to... Uh, think about camping just because yeah. you're so it's so vulnerable yeah. like I just that I haven't been able to wrap my head around that I can go all the way I not know how to ride a motorcycle and go all the way to South America but I'm yeah. too afraid to camp because that is too vulnerable well, I just it's cause you're totally have asleep. my bizarre places that I see danger in <laughs> yeah well I, I lucked out so anywhere that you see Palapas that's a fine place to camp it's manned there, there are people that are making sure that you're safe that's awesome um there, where was it? I camped just south of Guerrero Negro, and I befriended one of the 
uh, gray whale tour guides and she is bilingual awesome woman taught me some really awesome phrases that that were definitely very helpful estoy aprendiendo i'm learning because mm-hmm. i don't know very much spanish um she taught me uh just if if margaritas weren't in the mix right now i would remember more but she taught me some good spanish phrases that were very helpful along the way um uh, todo bien está bien está bien yeah she's fantastic mucho gusto igualmente um, good stuff. And so I camped at a palapa that was just like a few down from hers. And then there was another couple on the other side of me. And everybody who worked at that campground area, either as a boat captain or, um, working the front gate or working in, there's like a little restaurant there. Um, and this is at Scammon's Lagoon, which is just south of Guerrero Negro. Um, everybody there was phenomenal and they were all stoked to have me there. And so I have not slept better than I did there. Like, that was such a good night's sleep. Two nights, actually. Um, whereas when I feel that vulnerable, sometimes it's hard for me to sleep because I feel like I need to have one eye open. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Any dicey moments in Mexico? Or in the U.S.? Oh. Um... Let me think about that. Dicey moments in Mexico. I did hit a gnarly pothole uh, while I was going <laughs> through a curve... And the wind was coming at me all at the same time. This is just south of Catavina. Um, and so I wobbled real hard. And I kept wobbling for a while. I thought I was going to eat shit. Ended up being fine. Um, pulled out of it. Like, for a half second, my brain flashed to the, the, the vision of what it would be like to spill it right then. And I was like, no, we can't think about that. <laughs> Imagine ourselves getting through this. We're totally going to get it. We're going to be fine. Pull this through. So finally, all right, we, I correct the bike. Everything's cool. We're finally going straight. All right, great. I see a little pull-off area. And I'm wondering, did I get a flat tire? Because I'm still wobbly. Like, this doesn't feel right. So I pull over, check my tire pressure. Everything's fine. Hang out, breathe for a little bit, take some pretty pictures. Um, check my tire pressure one more time to make sure that it hasn't lost any, any more pressure. No, it's fine. It's just the wind. The wind was real nasty mm-hmm. for the next 200 miles. No, 200 kilometers, excuse me. Um, it was just nasty wind. And that's just what I had to deal with. Wind. I hate wind. Mm, so do I. Wind is the worst. So from Wyoming... Preach, sister, preach. Right, let me tell you. <laughs> from Wyoming, where was I? I was... Uh, going that sounds from, windy. From Yellowstone. <laughs> that sounds windy. Um, so just... Somewhere outside of Yellowstone. Cody, beyond Cody, up over the mountain, there's like... Gillette. Is that it? It's uh, northern Sheridan, Wyoming. Somewhere, probably. I don't know. Maybe. I'll look at a map. But yeah, going from uh, from eastern Wyoming through South Dakota into Minnesota. Girl, I was riding sideways the entire way. Mm. Hating life. There was a 300 mile ride one day where I was just like, I couldn't cry because I would just not be able to see and that would be even worse. And there was like a huge stretch of road, at least 100 miles, where there weren't any actual exits for me to pull off of that didn't just immediately turn to gravel and I'm riding on, you know, worn down street tires that mm-hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable with all the stuff up on an NC to, to try and ride dirt immediately from going 80 miles an hour. That was the other part. 80 mile an hour speed limits, people are doing 90 and I'm getting blown around the road at 45 mile an hour wind gusts. Yeah. So no. it was gusty, so not constant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there was some the constant wind, and then the, the wind would shift from the other direction, and that was nasty. Yeah. Um, Arizona, so you'd be riding like know. a V8, and then suddenly be falling, <laughs> yeah. and then have to pick it back up again. Totally terrifying. And then Arizona, I had to take a day off because the wind was so bad. Actually, yeah, in Vegas, I had to take an extra day off because the wind was not super nasty. I was like, well, I guess I'll just get a cheap hotel room in Vegas. Priceline some jam. Darn. Yeah. Darn. I hate Vegas. So yeah, that was a super bummer. I was not happy to be there. Nickel slots and some booze. That'll work. Yeah. It wasn't for me. (laughs) I've only been to Vegas twice, but why not? Windiest place I ever rode was this past February in New Zealand. Right outside of Wellington. And I was was miserable the whole time. No, it was coming off the... Just like this little... I wouldn't call it mountains. I would say more of like large rolling hills mm. just to our left. And the wind was coming off the ocean over the rolling hills and then sweeping across the road that we were on. And my neck hurt really bad the next day just from trying to keep my head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Oh, it's terrible. 
Yeah, it was rough, but yeah, I think wind would wind and well gusty wind for sure. And then if you add rain into that, Ooh, no, that's a no day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like yeah, I'm just or if you get caught in it though. So my oh, worst, <coughs> excuse me, my my worst day of riding this entire all of 2015 was <laughs> <the> push. <laughs> my worst day of riding was in Wyoming, way southern Wyoming, and I was trying to avoid a storm that was going through um, the mountains just west of Salt Lake City. So I had been in Salt Lake City, and so I kind of went like up and around the mountain range there. So around Park City, I ended up in Wyoming. My destination was supposed to be... uh, Fort Collins, Colorado that day. And I ended up stopping like at least 200 miles short of my destination because I got stuck in torrential downpour with gusty winds on a highway that had been shut down for construction except for one lane in both directions. And the only thing between myself and the trucks, the semi-trucks going the other direction was just a double yellow. So there was no barrier, nothing. So they were blasting me in the face for at least four miles with, um, like, road grit. No. So I ruined a visor in a day. Yeah. I had to change out my my visor. I couldn't see out of it. Mm. Um, At one point, I was so frustrated that I started screaming in my helmet just to, to, like, make myself feel a little bit better. Yeah. And I guess my Bluetooth is, like, I don't know what happened, but my Bluetooth picked up my screaming and it dialed 911. <gasps> no way. Yes way. So all of a sudden I hear like 911, what is your emergency? And I'm like, but uh, I'm sorry. I'm just pissed off. I didn't mean to call you. I don't mind. I'm on a motorcycle right now. And yeah, it was the weirdest call. Could you just hang no. up? Because I can't hang this up yeah. right now. I'm riding. I can't. Yeah. There's no exits. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, just just hang up the call. I'm good. Why did your Bluetooth pull an on track? I don't know. That's creepy. That's wild. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, in New Orleans, I rode through bands of a hurricane. Ooh. <laughs> that was super nasty. Oh, that's rough. Dude. Yeah. And, like, there was a sucker pocket where I was like, oh, no, it's going to be fine. I can ride home right now. This yeah. will be fine. Yeah. I can totally, like, I just need to get to my friend's place. It'll take ten minutes. I like how there's fine. a phrase for it. <laughs> sucker, sucker pocket. pocket. Yeah. You think it's going to be nice? Sucker. Mm-hmm. And so I got into the sucker pocket, and, like, immediately, once I was actually on the road and far enough away from where I had left that it was stupid for me to turn around, deluge, rain, and then it's, like, it's New Orleans, so nothing works, and the water is kind of high, and I'm going through this, and just kicking myself, like, what am I doing? This is so terrible. In my arrow stitch, and now, like, crud, so my arrow stitch is all full of sweat, and grime, and there's, like, leaves and mud inside of it. Oh, it's, no. Yeah, totally. So the next day I went to the... This is hilarious. So the next day I went to the, the laundromat, washed it. The owner of the laundromat started yelling screaming at me that I can't put plastic because, you know, the way that it just kind of water rolls off of it because Gore-Tex. Um, can't put plastic in the, the washing machines. He got very upset with me, and I was trying to put it in the dryer, and I'm trying to explain to him, no, you reset the Gore-Tex by putting it in the dryer... Like, that's how you get the Gore-Tex to reactivate. And he's yelling me, no, you don't put plastic in the dryer. So then I take it to another laundromat so that somebody else and lie to them a little bit um, and put it in their dryer. So, yeah. You're not going to melt contents on the inside of the fucking dryer by putting Gore-Tex in there. They have no idea. This this guy had no wow. no concept. And trying to explain to the science of Gore-Tex was just not going to work out. So is there any one thing that anyone's told you with regards to handling wind that has worked well for you? ride. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apart from pulling over and calling it a day where you just drink yourself to sleep. No, totally. Death can wait. There's nothing wrong with, with stopping. If there's a safe place for you to stop and wait, wait it out. Um, also, look at. I learned to look at the weather predictions and look at what the wind predictions are. So I'm on Weather Underground the day before I go anywhere nice. to see what direction the wind is coming in and what time that wind starts. Because sometimes it's an early morning wind and sometimes it's a late afternoon wind. It totally depends. And I can see, okay, cool. So the, it's, the wind is going to get nasty at 11 a.m. I need to be off the road by then. I'm going to start my day at 6 a.m. No big deal. Sun's going to rise. I'm going to have my ass on the bike. 
Weatherunderground.com? Yeah. Um, and then I've got an app for that's it. That's probably pretty handy for Baja, too, because that's given true. the fact that you're in the sand, that mm-hmm. was when Oof. wind became a little bit of a, oh, yeah, this is probably not the best thing, because <laughs> yeah. not only am I, like, kind of tilting with the breeze, but everything that I'm wearing, my visor, yeah. um, my motorcycle Good is getting job. abraded yeah. by the sand. My poor chain. Oh, man. Yeah, hopefully you don't have something... Hopefully you have something that repels dust and, and grime instead of... <laughs> she laughs. What? What? That doesn't exist. Um, the one thing I, I've... People have told me, other than suck it up, keep going, uh, yeah. stop being such a girl, as far as me hating wind and being very vocal about it, yeah. the only thing that anyone has ever told me that has worked... And, of course, I will try to describe what I'm doing because I've talked about it before, but they get the benefit of the visual aids. Yes! Is from a racer. Okay. Who has not ridden a lot on the street or even off-road, to be honest. And he was like, have you ever tried wading the pegs? And I was like, standing up? He said, no. Just putting all your weight on the foot pegs. Sounds like something a racer would say. Absolutely. Right, and then mm-hmm. and then so what I'm doing is I'm Lowering basically standing yeah. on the foot pegs, but I'm underneath the wind visor, so I'm yeah. hiding underneath the windscreen. Yeah. But my ass is not hitting the seat, yeah, so literally mm-hmm. I'm like hovering, but in like a squat position, which can only last depending upon how good your thighs are yeah. for about. 30 minutes before you got to pull over and just sit there and take a breather while you're, like, shaking. Yeah. But that that advice from uh, Jason has been the only advice that has worked. Every other ADV person that has given me advice, like, open your legs and let the wind flow through. I'm like, no, I don't know what <laughs> Are you sure they were talking about windy riding? I'm like, I don't know what planet you're on, but that does not work for me. Yeah, I've tried leaning. That's been the only thing to keep the front wheel down because I think that is where the majority of my my wind problems lie is that the front wheel is what's jogging around when I'm riding Mm -hmm. and there isn't enough weight on it. So that, um, standing on the peg seems to work well with me. Mm, Try it. Try it next time. See what happens. I did that on the 10 and that one stretch of the 10 in between like Palm Desert and like Ontario Airport has always been really brutal for me. And I always run into a ton of, like, military going back and forth. Yes. Like, big tanks. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm jamming past convoys, and of course, the wind is coming. Jockey style. From, the wind (laughs) is, Just kidding. You don't do that. You don't ride fast at all, ever. No. The wind is always coming from a direction where the convoy or the large truck won't protect me, because of course, that's my second secret. Oh yeah, totally. You're like hiding behind the truck. So if the wind is coming from the right and there's a truck on the right and you're yeah. in the left lane, you just keep the exact same speed as the truck and use it as like your windbreak the whole if, time. If and the then truck the truck is aware, if the truck driver is aware that you're there, otherwise you're in their blind spot, which no, can kill you. But there are some cool truck drivers, and there was one in Louisiana who was awesome. As I was going across this huge bridge, that like they came up next to me and like made it very clear that they were helping protect me. Like, they were keeping the Aww. same speed as me, even though they could have been blitzing past, but trying to, like, stay the same speed as me, as me to kind of protect me from the wind. Love, love some big trucks. Yeah. But I've, I finally used that advice that uh, Jason gave, and I passed these military convoys, like, just standing on the bike, but crunched over, and they are probably looking at me like, why is she on an adventure bike looking like she's on a sport bike? What's up with that? And I was just plowing past him. And I had remembered in, like, previous times that I had been on that same stretch of road just mm-hmm. in a, a complete storm of panic along yeah. convoys, not being able to hold it together and being all over the road. So it's different for everyone, baby. Mm. Mm. So how about them tacos? <laughs> How was Baja for tacos? Did they get, did they start out solid and keep getting better? Like, because you know I've only gone through, let's see, uh, San Quintin, Baja, like, yeah, probably not too much further than, you know, Pete's Camp. I think it was the farthest south. Yeah, so San Felipe. Yeah. Um, okay, so, let's see, the taco report in San (laughs) Felipe. Being that I am part of Taco Squad. Hey, everybody, Robin's gonna come on the Peak Taco Report for us right now. <laughs> Talking to you from the Taco Destroyer. Provided you're not like David and are lactose or glucose intolerant or gluten intolerant. He's gluten intolerant, yeah. yeah. No, he, and lactose. 
Is he really? Yeah. Well, I see well, ice cream all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we begins. all know when he's been eating ice cream. <laughs> Or cheese or anything else. Unfortunately, he stopped listening to the podcast several episodes ago, <laughs> so he'll be missing uh, all this content. <laughs> but yes, please oh tell God. us all right, how so the taco exciting board. is the tacos. All right, in Ciudad Constitucion, I went into a place where they were making chicharrones as well as oh, yeah, carnitas, and so fried um, fat. Yes, it was amazing, and so it was probably the best. Okay, it was one of the best carnitas I've ever had. Um, the tacos were fantastic. I could have just had two, but now I'm a glutton, and so I had to have three of them. Um, just three? I was waiting for you to say 18 tacos later. Well, they were huge. It turns out they were Jamongus. Um, I didn't Ooh. think that they were going to... I figured they would be like these little street tacos, like uh-huh. you get here, that are adorable, and they're like $3 each. No, man. No. No, that was not the case. For like 20 pesos, you get this giant taco, um, and one of them is, is sufficient for, like, a solid snack. Two of them is, like, a meal that should fill you for a, the whole day. Three of them is just ludicrous, and I did it. Um, <laughs> so there's that. So they were fantastic. Um, it was, what is it? Uh, Chicharrones y, y Carnitas Jalisco in, uh, what the hell is that place? Ciudad Constitución. Yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, the owner, I was taking pictures of, of the folks that were working there and taking pictures of, of the, the chicharrones. So then they so you had could me... come back, grab them, and bring them to Portland, right? Because Mexican food is... Yeah. It's kind of mediocre. Yeah. Well, if you go out to Hillsboro, it's it's good. You go out, That's where you're going to find some delicious stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, so the excellent carnitas there. Mulahe found a place that had excellent carnitas. Uh, thanks to actually Martha of Black Dog uh, Cycle Works down in Bahia Concepcion. So I ran into her and she told me that the place to go in Mulahe was Azadera Danny's. Had some awesome carnitas there. That was actually like the best carnitas I've ever had in my life. And then fish tacos. Um, yes, I did that. And I also had a lot of ceviche on, on tostadas, which mm. were incredible. Both camarones y pescado. Fantastic. Um, I'm not super into octopus, so I kind of stayed away from that. Pulpo. Pulpo, yeah. I'm not... Pulpo. Pulpo. (laughs) It's hit and miss. Interesting. It's hit and miss with with the octopus in me. Hmm. But, um... Mostly miss. And then... Yeah, lots of really good fish tacos. So, fried fish tacos, delightful. But then, you know, a la plancha, if you want them grilled. Um... Not a lot of places doing a la plancha. For the most part, they're fried. Mm-hmm. Definitely beer battered and fried. Uh, the worst ones I had were in Los Bariles, which is like the gringoest gringo town uh, on the west, or excuse me, on the east coast. So on the Sea of Cortez. Um, worst service I've ever had. Worst everything uh, at this one place in Los Bariles. But everywhere else was phenomenal. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and lots of beans. Oh my gosh, all the beans. Beans for breakfast, beans for lunch, beans for dinner. If you like beans, you're going <laughs> to love Mexico. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> beans, beans, good for your heart. Do <laughs> you know what happens? The faster you ride. <laughs> Eat the beans, pump of the gas. You don't ever have to worry about a Pemex being closed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> And also, unknowns to me until after the fact, you also stayed with another one of our interviewee subjects when you were in uh, in Baja. Yeah. Yeah, I stayed with Carla King. She's phenomenal. Such a wonderful person. Um, I didn't know very much about her. I just knew that we had a bunch of friends in common. And so it was really great to talk to her about touring solo and being a female touring solo because she's been doing it for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um the fact that she she's a writer, she's an accomplished writer, that she has been publishing, and that she's been helping other people publish their stuff. Um, she's been writing for Discover Baja, which is a travel club that kind of makes it much easier for you to travel around Baja. Yeah. And so she's been writing articles for them and, like, compiling uh, stories for for travel ba- for Discover Baja. Um, and it was pretty handy-dandy. Time for another margarita. <laughs> I think everybody needs to discover some Baja. It's such a phenomenal place. I had a good time. 
I would say if somebody were just to fly into Baja somewhere and travel around, um, I would strongly suggest they fly into La Paz. Uh, I went on this really awesome snorkeling tour with... Oh, I'd have to cheat and look it up. But there's a whole bunch of tour companies down there. Um, Espiritu and Baja Tours. Um, and I got to swim with whale sharks. Ooh. It was really cool. So, you know, fly into there. Go up to the Bay of Conception. Bay of Conception is, is amazing. Um, go to the bar at, at Buenaventura. <laughs> and say hello to my buddy Nathan. What was that his name? Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. Go swim. Go kayak. Uh, go ride those beautiful twisties. Holy cow. There's some beautifully paved road out there, too. Um, that you can just haul butt on. And it's, you know, at first, because the signs will have, like, a little arrow saying, up to the right, it's going to get, there's a turn. But they don't really tell you that, like, oh, it's going to be a decreasing radius turn. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no indication of that's what's coming up. So once you kind of have ridden up and down the road a couple of times, then, all right, you know what to anticipate. Then you can haul ass on it. Otherwise, I tend to ride a bit more conservatively, um, because I have a hundred extra pounds of gear on my bike mm-hmm. that I would like to not wipe out on. Mm-hmm. So I, I regularly pulled over and just let people pass me. What's going on with them Cadbury cream eggs? <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah, because because every great hostess provides their uh, subjects with mole and chicken and margaritas and when in doubt that they might run out of alcohol they buy Pacifico and some Cadbury cream eggs so <laughs> don't, don't, there is dessert <laughs> in the form of a small chocolate egg because it's cream I keep it classy <laughs> I keep it classy you always treat me well. I do. I look forward to tooting it up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, are you staying the night? Just no, saying. I gotta go home. No. I'm flying tomorrow. Oh, boo. I know. Yeah. You know what's cool, though? Okay, so... <laughs> Three pair of feet in the morning dingling out from underneath my cover. <laughs> All the parts. Funny. <laughs> I like that your eyes are watering slightly. She's slightly, there's like a river. <laughs> So the fun thing about touring solo, uh, women who are older than 60 who are just like, you're not married? No. You don't have children? No. You don't, you don't live anywhere? No. You're so free. Like, they get it. Um, men, however, are asking me, like, who do you have something to prove to? Why are you doing this? Like, what's the point of this? And I was like, I don't know, the same reason dudes go? Because it's fun? Because I, I enjoy my own company? I don't know. Mm. Being comfortable with yourself is like probably one of the biggest obstacles for most women or men to go out on their own yeah. and do that kind of thing. Is you have to you have to kind of be okay with being in your own head a lot and mm. not be, not getting any attention from other people or yeah. hearing someone else's voice for a while and it's just you and yourself. And I think that's kind of rough for some people, for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, it's also the liberation of, of being able to figure out what it is that you want to do. Like I said, like, I want to go back and ride that road right. again. Making decisions for yourself. Totally. And then yeah. feeling satiated because you did something. Or dealing with the guilt of having not satiated whatever that was. Yes. And, like, kind of being bummed out that, oh, man, why didn't I go do that thing? Like, yeah. I wanted to go see that road or I wanted to go see this mission. Why didn't I do that? Yeah. Biggest biggest regret ever was on um, on my trip from the Florida Panhandle out to Austin and I passed this billboard that says worm grunting in the Florida Panhandle (laughs) and I was like what the F is that and I thought it was kind of funny and I wanted to stop but I was with someone and you know it wasn't my trip I was just along for the ride and I was having a good time so I'm like alright forget it whatever I wanted to take a picture and then later on I look it up and find out it's actually a thing like people go out and do like something you know to encourage the worms to come out of the ground. Like, it's a party of some kind. Worm grunting is a physical thing that people in Florida do to coax the worms out of the ground. Okay. And I was like, oh my god. (laughs) Pulling up the Indian next to this sign and taking a picture of the billboard and then going off onto the description of what worm grunting actually was would have been epic. Yeah. Yeah. 
my regret is always having not taken the picture. Mm-hmm. There were so many people that I met on my trip that I didn't take a picture of, and I kicked myself. I didn't get a picture of Carla King. She's awesome. Didn't get a picture of her. Didn't take my, my phone, because my phone was my only thing that I was using to take pictures with, out on the kayak when I went out, you know, kayaking around the Bay of Conception to the island to go check out these crazy birds that were out there and, like, you know, whatever. I didn't yeah. even flip it. I didn't kayak. get a picture of the jaguar crossing sign because I was too afraid a jaguar would eat me if I stopped long enough <laughs> exactly. to take out my phone. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Big Wait, to- hold on. Silly American rolling up. Okay, hold on. She's, okay, she's stopping. Okay, sign. sharpen your claws. The moment is near. <laughs> totally. No, at Doug's Baja Norton, so down in Agua Caliente, there's this guy who has this, this shop slash camp space slash hodgepodge of craziness. Um, Doug, and he, I wanted to go check out his place, but there was this giant longhorn white bull hanging out right in in the street, quote unquote, the sand (laughs) opening. The sand opening. (laughs) That he lives on. And uh, I did not feel like I could A, balance my bike well enough and B, get away from that bull uh, if it decided to take more of an interest in me. So I avoided it. I'm going to do yoga now. <laughs> Motorific yoga. Yogarific media. I'm going to get down with my bad self. Anything, anything to make her laugh while we're in the middle of the interview. <laughs> it's been a while. Hopefully everyone has enjoyed our, uh, <laughs> our candor. three-way candor conversation. <laughs> Us moto... Uh, Moto Adventure Ladies, we get really liberated with uh, alcohol. All we need is Sandy, really. I mean... Oh my god! And Jen! To, to take this another step further. Sandy... Oh wait, Sandy and Lisa from Two Le- Ride the World? Hmm. That girl is a hoot. Yeah. See, these kinds of recordings need to be done with more women and more margaritas. Margarita! I agree. See. Perhaps we should have had more margaritas and just made this, like, totally messy, motorific. Like, that's already pretty sloppy. Go straight, like, just nasty McSloppy. <laughs> However, I'm afraid that I would divulge a little too much personal information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. Yeah. I'll try to keep it slightly above bar. This is... I'll make sure to mention at the beginning of the episode it's not meant for the kitties. <laughs> Please don't listen to this with your children on board. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> thank you very much for the long delay since I think I did this like a year ago. The last what? time I did a one-off adventure like kind of interview was well, sh- sh- hers might have been the last one that I did. That was 2 years ago, bro. Yeah, it's been a while. Daniel. So yeah, you know, um but getting back into the swing of things, I meet some interesting people. I feel compelled to share. Um, <laughs> so yeah, coming off. Hopefully, yeah. oh yeah. Now we we've got to go. We've got to pour more margaritas and uh, start saying things that we can't possibly record on a podcast. So I'm going to drink some Demiana, <laughs> and it's going to go straight downhill from here. But thank you guys for tuning in and bearing with our giggly laughter <laughs> and. Discussions of women traveling alone and traveling through the U.S. and in Mexico. Have a good one.